0: Welcome to the Anti-Social Show. Got to pull up a website here, because I would have had this all ready to go, but, you and, know. Uh, while
1: Tyson's doing that, we are back, everybody. Yeah.
0: Yes, it's been almost a couple weeks,
1: because we're on uh, episode eight. Actually, oh. this will be episode nine. Hmm. Yeah. Episode nine, I think. Yeah. Something like that.
0: This This will likely be part of episode nine.
1: Yes. Likely be part of episode nine. So are you familiar with uh, – while you're pulling up the, the site, I'm sure everyone else is. Are, are you familiar with um, Bobcat Gold Goldthwaite or however you pronounce his last name from Police Academy? It
0: is Go- Goldthwaite. It is, it is T-H-W-thwa – Goldthwaite.
1: Thwaite, yeah.
0: I am familiar with Mr. Goldthwaite. I actually follow him on Instagram.
1: <laughs> nice. Now – Remember me telling you last night I had a funny story to tell you, right?
0: Oh, by the way, he's not familiar with me. We are not. We do not know each other, but okay. I am familiar with
1: him. <laughs> he's, <so> he's, <laughs> he's not familiar with you, but he, you are familiar with him. Okay. Yes, sir. And, and who is not familiar with uh, Bobcat? I mean, he's pretty funny. You know, if you ever heard of him, he sounds kind of like that, you know. At least that's the way the character sounded on Police Academy. He's a real whacked out guy, but...
0: Yes, it was it was funny. I remember being very amused by that in my youth.
1: Yes, yes. I love those movies myself and he's what made it actually, well, part of the reason what made those movies. But anyway, I was I was thinking to myself about doing the show live, right? Yes. But the thing about it is like not necessarily in front of a live audience, okay? Because every time I think about doing the show in front of a live audience, I keep thinking of Bobcat when he did this small role in um, Tales from the Crypt. He did a Tales from the Crypt episode where he wanted to be a ventriloquist, right? Okay. So he gets on stage, like it's o- his opening night, he gets on stage and he has like the professional dummy and shit and to, you know, his jokes sucked. You could tell like he was moving his lips and at one point the dummy's head just falls off, Right. So now, oh, no. he, yeah, now he's he's thinking that if he picks up the dummy's head and puts it back on, it's, it's somehow going to correct the problem. You know what I mean? Sure. So everyone at this point is booing his ass. And at one point, someone gets up and goes, hey, why don't you bring back the fucking girl with the tits? And, and which he's just sitting there, you know, with this like blank look on his face. Like I felt bad for him. And then he goes behind the, behind the club or whatever and starts smashing the dummy against the against the dumpster he's like everybody was right fuck you you know so i don't i don't want to be like that guy you know i don't want to like go behind the dumpster with my my laptop and start smashing it against the fucking dumpster so it's i don't know maybe like one day but like i just that keeps popping into my mind like that's gonna happen like some dude's gonna get up and say we don't want you we want the fucking girl with the tits you know (laughs)
0: I have a question about that story. Yes. That episode. I have not seen that episode. So was he a ventriloquist that was working in between burlesque acts? Yes. Okay. So the okay, because the other than the, <laughs> without that without the bit of information, I was trying to figure out where the tits would have been coming from.
1: Yes. Yes. He was. He was. He was. Uh, he came Did down I miss in between in your descriptions or whatever, and okay. and that's. And he was trying as many funny, comedians you know, did. He was trying to be a vanquilatrist. Uh, invent, I can't even pronounce the word. But he uh, yeah. he certainly did not have the talent. So I mean, it was a pretty good episode, and I think it's uh, you might even be able to to get it on YouTube for free.
0: Well, uh, okay, uh, I might, I'll have to have a look out for that. I, I have his Wikipedia page, so I can uh, find that uh, episode at some point. You know, speaking of ventriloquists, or as they're also known at times, stomach talkers.
1: Oh, I uh, did not know that.
0: I believe that's what ventriloquist. I don't want to say what it means, <laughs> but it what it essentially means is stomach talker. I believe. Um, just a second here.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I think is stomach talker, right? Mm-hmm. What comes to mind is Arnold Schwarzenegger's Total Recall when he's talking to talking to oh, oh yeah, dude's stomach, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, there you go. That's the guy shaking hands with me. (laughs) Quaid. Start the
1: reactor. His fortune-telling days are over. Bang. Fucking Benny was an asshole in that movie.
0: Okay, so originally ventriloquism was a religious practice. The name comes from the Latin for to speak from the stomach. In other words, venter, which is belly, Mm -hmm. and loqui, which is speak, the Greeks called this gastromancy. The noises per- <laughs> yeah, the noises produced by the stomach were thought to be the voices of the unliving who took up residence in the stomach of the ventriloquist. The ventriloquist would then interpret the sounds as they were thought to be able to speak to the dead as well as for tra- tell the future. One of the earliest recorded groups of prophets to utilize this technique was the Pythia, the priestess at the Temple of Apollo in Delphi, who acted as the conduit for the Delphic Oracle. Cool. So there's this film called Cradle Will Rock. Uh, and it is.
1: Uh, it's, Why does that uh, sound familiar to me?
0: I'm not sure. Are you a fan of Orson Welles? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm actually.
0: Okay, well that well it was uh, it was it's, it's staged uh, sort of by Orson Welles. Uh, well you know, Cradle Cradle Will Rock is the story of the play known as Cradle. Will Rock, oh boy, I'm really going to butcher this, but there's this movie, and it's the it's the uh, the movie is the kind of telling of the staging of this play, and in it, Bill Murray, who we've been talking about and talking about the films of, uh, was was a ventriloquist. Oh, okay. So that's the uh, that that's the relation there.
1: You know, I, never, uh, I yeah. never knew that when you, you know, van, uh, vanquilchism, and, and I, I'm butchering the fucking word, but I never okay. like, knew like it was like in depth, like back in the old days, like what it really meant. Like you know, nowadays we just think about it as entertainment, not so much like talking to the dead or, you know, bullshitting people into thinking that we could talk to the dead. You know, so that, that's pretty cool. Hmm.
0: Okay. So now it is actually, in fact. The the, the, cradle, the Cradle Will Rock is the name of the uh, musical, which became, which is a 1937 musical by Mark Blitzstein. And the 1999 film about what I was talking uh, was uh, called just called Cradle Will Rock. So I wasn't that far off. It just feels very awkward to say something like Cradle Will Rock without adding a the to it. Like, a, it, it, I don't know, just saying, you know what I mean? Like, I want yeah. I, to put a "the" in front of things to, to um, you know, the definite article. It's it's so the. It, it's, like, it's "Cradle Will Rock." It, the movie is called "Cradle Will Rock." Yes, the the play or the musical is called "The Cradle."
1: The will Cradle rock. Will Rock.
0: Yeah, so yeah. It, apparently it was originally a part of the Federal Theater Project. It was directed by Orson Welles and produced by John Houseman. So it's. I could, let me just uh, real quickly over the it was it was controversial. There's this whole thing about uh, you know, uh, what it, unions and like uh, you know the, there was there was the reds uh, another kind of red scare sort of happening around this time, like the like the early one, not the late one from the fifties, right. So, uh, and, uh, you know, I think it was just post-depression. So let's see here. Uh, The musical is a Brechtian allegory of corruption and corporate greed and includes a panoply of societal figures. It is set in, quote, Steel Town, USA, unquote. It follows the efforts of Larry Foreman to unionize the town's workers and combat wicked, greedy businessman, Mr. Mister, who controls the town's factory press, church and social organization. Pieces almost entirely sung through, giving it many operatic qualities, although Blitzstein included popular song styles of of the time. So this is the thing. The WPA, which was the the Works Progress Administration, Mm -hmm. temporarily shut down the project a few days before it was to open on Broadway. So to avoid government and union restrictions, the show was performed with Blitzstein playing piano on stage and the cast members singing their parts from the audience. Now, that was what that that part I just said is. That's what was portrayed, uh, and and some stuff leading up to it that in in the film Cradle Will Rock, and uh, Angus McFadden, I believe plays Orson Welles in that. One of several actors to have portrayed, or at least a handful of actors to have portrayed Orson Welles um, in various
1: films. That's pretty that's pretty uh, badass actually. <laughs> <clears throat> that's something like I want to now. Like I didn't see it, but that's something that I now want to like check out.
0: It's it's a it's a it, pretty good film. You know what else is remarkable about that movie is that it has both Jack Black and Kyle Gass in it as well. Really? Yeah, there it's 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 Tenacious D, palling around like they do in their show, but not as as not actually Kyle and Jack. They are other characters.
1: Well, that's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's like, but I mean, cause it's, I mean, it's,
1: yeah. Well, bizarre is okay. It, you know, you, 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 well, that's, you can't go against bizarre, my friend. Hold on. I'll be right back. Okay.
0: Okay. Ooh, 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 ooh. What year did Citizen Kane come out? It was 1941. And I'm You're, back. Aha. Yes. Sorry. I was just looking up Mr. Wells's, um, uh, Wikipedia page. <laughs> Excuse no, me. No, that's that's
1: that's um, Orson T. Wells, right? Uh, well, sort of.
0: I believe you. you might be thinking of Rufus T. Firefly. What, it is the filmmaker person, um, uh, theater and voice over person Orson Welles. But his name apparently he was born George Orson Welles. Oh, okay. And I, I don't know if he, where he might have.
1: So basically, so have yeah, the same guy that did uh, War of the World, uh, War of the Worlds. Oh, you're
0: thinking of H.G. Wells. H.G.
1: Wells, yes.
0: Well, well, this is the thing. So H.G. Wells wrote War of the Worlds, and Orson Welles did a radio adaptation of it. Yes. Which shocked the world, as you might recall. Yes,
1: I I (laughs) know. Because they actually thought that was real when he was actually doing it. And you know,
0: do you remember where the uh, where the uh, aliens were to have uh, landed?
1: I do not.
0: I believe they were somewhere over in your neck of the woods. Oh,
1: really? Oh, you know <laughs> I think I, I think
0: right. I believe they actually landed in New Jersey. New
1: Jersey. Everyone wants <laughs> to come to New some, Jersey. That's it.
0: I believe so. So that was the it was a 1938 radio adaptation of H.G. Wells' novel, uh The War of the Worlds, yeah, which by the way, I just finally saw Steven Spielberg's interpretation of The War of the Worlds. Uh
1: Is that the one with um I know there's one with Tom Cruise in it. That's not that one, I, right? Oh no, it's that one. Oh, is it? Yeah, I yeah. saw. I I used to have it on DVD. I and mean, what did you think of it?
0: Um, you know, I liked it. I it's different than than I uh, expected. I I thought it was. Uh, I thought the aliens were pretty cool looking. I thought it was pretty. Um, I think it had a, it, it captured the sense of uh, <laughs> desperation and kind of like you know some people were just you know reacting as though nothing was happening and that it, it just seemed kind of really realistic in a way I guess I don't know
1: no oh, yeah um, it was it was actually I mean I like the special effects of it and I seen I don't know which one I saw the it wasn't the black and white one there's another one in color with the with the the green spaceships
0: I guess yeah the tripods yeah uh, I think was this a George Powell film that came out because
1: and it's, it's an older version of that film I just don't really remember who was in it or when it came out it was in color so it had to be like 70s maybe
0: oh okay Well, see there's a okay well though no, the first film version uh was in 1953 and it was in color
1: maybe that's the one
0: and that, that one was apparently ad, adapted uh based on that and that was the one with uh yeah that was certainly in color uh, it was uh george powell yes uh produced by george powell yeah um he's done George Pal done some other stuff as well. Uh, I feel like just going to keep opening Wikipedia windows and going down a going down a Wikipedia rabbit hole here, but let's see here.
1: On the white rabbit hole.
0: Okay, so it's live action one kill movies. One
1: makes you larger, the other one uh,
0: makes you small. And the ones that mother gives you don't do anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> Grace like, yeah, uh, Jefferson Airplane.
1: Jefferson Airplane. Actually, you know, the the fun, I mean, I love dun, Jefferson dun, Airplane, dun, and I'm, you dun, know, dun. obviously before my time a little bit, but. A little bit, mine too. Yes, yours too. Um, But they they have a lot of great songs, but they should have stayed Jefferson Airplane. Instead, they eventually switched over to Jefferson Starship.
0: Oh, I know, yeah. And then eventually uh, just to Starship, I think.
1: Yep, just Starship. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they should have seen you know, Jefferson Airplane.
0: Well, you know, they did build that city on rock and roll. <laughs> I couldn't even say it with a straight face. I'm sorry. Good Lord. Yeah, it wasn't even a re- oh, anyway. It wasn't really even a reference to anything. So, yeah, okay, so let's see. He did his live-action films where he did The Great Rupert and Destination Moon in 1950. And the one that gets referenced all the time in the – rock. Uh, well, it's referenced in the Rocky Horror Picture Show is When Worlds Collide.
1: Ah, another good one, the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: But when worlds collide, boom! Said George Powell to his bride, "I'm going to give you some terrible thrills like a science fiction." Yeah. Okay. So, The War of the Worlds was 1953. (laughs) Then he did Tony Curtis version of Houdini. So, wow. Uh, Did a Charlton Heston film called The Naked Jungle. Conquest of Space. Tom Thumb. I think I might have actually seen that one. Yes, he produced the Time Machine, the H. G. Wells, the Time Machine. Speaking of H. G. Wells, so he did actually at least two H. G. Wells adaptations. And then uh, the Seven Faces of Dr. Lao comes on a little bit later. He actually did a Doc Savage film. Actually, uh, also in in the 70s. Uh, yeah, Doc Savage might be coming back. I'm not that familiar with the character, but I'm familiar. But I do know that it was. He was pretty popular at some point in time.
1: See, I'm not, I'm uh, not uh, too familiar with the character myself.
0: Yeah, he's known as Doc Savage, the Man of Bronze. It's a pulp. He's a pulp hero. Oh, okay. Um, like um, like Conan, <laughs> the Barbarian. Conan basically. the
1: Barbarian. Yeah, no, that where it's like good, that was a good movie.
0: Why well, the one with uh, with Arnold? Yes, yes, yes. Gosh, yeah. your enemies. See them driven before you. Hear the lamentations of the women. Yes. Yeah, I can't do his voice. Crush your enemies.
1: Crush your enemies. Crush your enemies. Crush. See them driven Doo-doo. before you. I will crush you, and then I will take you to women, and I will steal you your jewelry. The of- <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. You know what's funny about so it America? looks like Dax. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. What's funny about Arnold Schwarzenegger is that. He's a good actor like I mean a lot of people question like you know his his acting skills I mean he did do a few bad ones but no matter what character you put him in he could do but as long as it doesn't involve too much voice work because he can't hide that accent of his whos that again he's a good actor in my opinion and you could put him in a lot of different roles like you know he did like the oh combinator. yeah. Conan the Barbarian. He did um, a lot of di- like uh, he used a spy and Eraserhead. So he do a lot of different characters, but the only thing he can't do is hide that accent. I don't think he can anyway. Well, no,
0: he suppose he can't. Um, I think the film you're thinking of was Eraser. Eraserhead. Eras- yes. Eraserhead is a David Lynch film. I've seen Eraserhead a few times. I've only seen Eraser once or twice. Uh, Eraserhead. I've probably seen. 15 to 20 times in my life um it's a pretty amazing movie it's it's a nightmare but uh, it's, it's just, well it's a david lynch movie so it's like you kind of got to be in the mood for it um so yeah what uh, uh oh the accent so yeah he did do his there was a movie he was in i think it was called honestly I, I don't think it was hercules goes bananas but it was something like that um it was a hercules film maybe it was hercules in new york Maybe Hercules Goes Bananas is an alternate title for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to have to look it up. But his voice was dubbed by an American, so there's when you get it on uh, home media, uh, as long as it's not VHS, there is actually you can you can hear it with the original track or with his original voice or with the (laughs) with the voice they got. Um,
1: And it probably makes it more funnier, right?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, it's, it'd be funny to me, have, being so familiar with his voice now, to hear his, uh, just a completely strange because his voice is like, well, you know, his he, yeah, you know, his normal voice. It's around here. It's kind of you know, it's sort of got a little sound there. Even when he's younger, it's a little you know, it's up there. It's not really a great impression, but it's sort of around there. Uh, you know, his,
1: yeah. Arnold would crush you and break you.
0: Yeah, but um, he, um the thing is in in. Uh, In a dubbed version, I saw do seem to remember that the voice that that was cast for him kind of had this sound. It's sort of like, you know, I am Hercules. You know, it's something like bizarre, like, okay, so yeah. So it's 1970, Hercules in New York. It's a 1970 low-budget fantasy comedy film. It is notable for being the first feature film to star a then-unknown Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was about 22 years old when the film was produced.
1: Wow, he was that young back then, huh?
0: Yeah. So...
1: Now, he played Hercules, he, right? He did play Hercules,
0: yes. So, so he's credited as Arnold Strong, Mr. Universe, because he was. And uh, he also uh, appeared alongside the uh, comedic actor Arnold Stang. So that film had credited to it an Arnold Stang and an Arnold Strong, and one of them was Arnold Schwarzenegger. So so I'm going to have to look up Hercules Goes Bananas and see what the hell that was. <laughs> it is goes – oh, okay. Well <laughs> – it's the sequel. A lot of people. Oh no! It's the same. It's the same movie. It's the same movie. Oh, is it's, it? It's Hercules goes, Man. it's Hercules in New York. Okay, good. Yeah. Sorry. Please continue.
1: A lot of people would say that the only Hercules is is Kevin Sorbo.
0: Oh. Oh yeah, Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Yeah. He's supposed to be a really nice guy.
1: Yep. And he played Hercules for shit a decade. Did he? Oh yeah. He's, there was there was a, a ton of those uh, those uh, Hercules uh shows and there was like eight seasons i think that started off in like i want to say mid 90s early 90s something like that went into the early 2000s or it might have even ended in 1999 I, I forget
0: um it was 95 to 99 apparently ah, was, okay. so Her- that was kind of right yeah hercules the legendary journeys it seems
1: so it was only like how many how many seasons was there
0: well, it was ca- it was canceled midway through filming of the sixth sixth season, so it had six only six it had six seasons, uh, a hundred and eleven episodes. So that was produced by Sam Raimi. That's right. It's Renaissance Pictures. Yes. Yes, I was I've been a fan of Sam Raimi going back to Evil Dead. Evil Dead Two, actually, I started with because uh,
1: oh, you didn't you didn't start with the Evil Dead One?
0: No, because I couldn't find it at the video store I was looking at, but I did see. I did see the cover. I would walk by that VHS cover of Evil Dead 2, right? Okay. And it's that skull with the real eyes oh, looking out yes, from yes,
1: it. yes, yes, yes. I remember that.
0: And it says Dead by Dawn on it, right? Okay. And I pick it up, and I turn it over and look in the back, and I see a severed hand choking a guy with a terrified expression on his face. <laughs> and I, so I just put the thing back on the shelf and be like, sometime I'll get that. And then I would walk by and I'd pick it up and look at it every now and then because I was getting into Friday the 13th and stuff like that around that time. So I'd pick up the Friday the 13th movies and be like, yeah, I think I'll watch this one now. I'll finally see this one. Or, you know, I'll just remember that they're there and when I can get them or whatever it was. Right.
1: right. But you did eventually get it, though.
0: I did because it said it said funny on it. It said something something and funny and it, it. I don't remember what it was, but it was like oh wait, this is also funny. Oh well, this this could be fun. I mean, see, by that time I'd probably seen a couple of horror comedies and I certainly was used to uh, gore and monster makeup and stuff. Like I mean, I've seen movies like Waxwork, which are kind of tongue in cheek, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one and I, uh, that one and um, like movies like Highway to Hell, where it's just you know, I and love it's like oh yeah. Movie, actually. Highway to Hell. Oh, Highway to Hell. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, with Kane Hodder as Hellcop.
1: Wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, not too many people. Actually, not too many people know what that movie is. And actually, you know what's uh, you know what's significant about that uh, about that film? Um,
0: a few things. Oh, it has. Um. Oh gosh. Well, I don't know what you're thinking. I I know a few things, but what is it that, that you find you know significant the, about it? You
1: know the you know Ben Stiller, right? Everyone knows Ben Stiller, right? Yes. Certainly. He's in that movie along with his parents.
0: Oh, yeah, and his sister, I think.
1: And his sister, I think, yeah,
0: I think. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ben Stiller, Amy Stiller, uh, Jerry Stiller, and Ann Mira. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's a diner scene in which uh, Ben Stiller's in there, and Gilbert Gottfried is in there. Yes, And Gilbert he Godf- played Hitler. Gilbert Gottfried plays Hitler, yes. He's trying
1: to convince everyone he's not
0: Hitler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the, the speech, but how many times have you seen this movie? Because I've only seen it like once or twice, and it was a while ago. But I do remember there being a very funny speech where he's talking about how he's going to fool people into thinking his name is Steve Bob. or something like that. He Bob, goes, is it? He
1: goes, I am not Hitler. I am not Hitler. I like to dance around the room in my underwear. I said goodbye, devil, and he goes goodbye, Bob. I am not Hitler. Goodbye, Bob. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I am not And it was, right. it was I'm the guy. who told him to, you know, get some therapy and, you know, get over the fact that he's Hitler. Um, I must yes. have seen that movie as as a teenager, young teenager. I was probably like 12, 13 when I saw that movie, and I must have seen that movie a hundred times, a hundred, because I yeah. used to have it on on VHS. Oh, that's a
0: good one. That's a good. That is a decent, uh, quite a decent movie. Yeah. So that one. Uh, see i was reading fangoria pretty heavily by that point so like um oh you know what i was wrong about the it's not kane hodder it's cj graham who also had portrayed jason at one point yes yes i don't know why i thought it was kane hodder i've I've been saying that for years too and i've just been frigging wrong about that apparently
1: now now you've you've corrected yourself (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know what? Um, you know, because we you know, stop last episode, we were talking about what pisses us off about, you know, movies and shit, right? And what's that? Our dear listeners, this is what Tyson, Tyson and I do. We get on to, to one subject and then we'll kind of like abandon the subject to go to another topic, just to revisit the same topic that we left behind ages ago, and we'll re-talk about it. So anyway, the thing that pisses me off about Evil Dead, okay, I'm, I'm about to blow up Evil Dead in a big, bad way. The original Evil Dead? The original Evil Dead. Okay. The reason why I did not like the original, I mean, I did love the original Evil Dead, and I liked I liked Part 2 as well. I, I liked the whole, the whole trilogy, but what pisses me off is, is that, Evil Dead, the original movie, was uh, was a serious horror film, right? I mean, more so than – obvi- I mean, it, it wasn't
0: obviously a comedy. No, it was only a comedy to people who like knew a lot about horror movies because it was – there was something about it to where it was – yeah, yeah. But for the most part, it's not – it's not it's certainly not a comedy in the sense the second one is or the third one. That's right. more it's more it's seemingly more serious, but it's it's just not obviously tongue in cheek. I mean it is yeah, yeah yeah.
1: The the second one obviously it was more funny. It had, you know, funny uh funny takes in it. It was just it was more comical than than the first more, one. Yeah. But it was more obviously funny. Yeah, but what what pissed me off about part 1 and part 2 is the and I'm going to I'm going to include part 2 in this is the fact okay. that they completely cut out. Excuse me. They completely cut out part one to do part two. If you remember,
0: they cut out part one to do part two. Yeah,
1: because re- remember, like when they when they went to the cabin in part one, it was it was Ash, it was his girlfriend, it was that, it was that other dude, it was that other girl, and then his sister. So there was like five of them.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was two couples in a right odd personality yeah.
1: and 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 Ash's sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So the entire film, the entire film, like you know, they they kill off everyone except for um. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Ash. Yeah. No. No. The the, car, uh, the guy that plays Ash. Oh, Bruce Campbell. Yes, Bruce Campbell. So okay, they kill our, they kill everyone off but Bruce, right? Right. Okay. And pretty much. Yeah. So and then he does the, that 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 scene where it's his sister and that other guy. And they're like, you know, evil dead now, and he's like trying to kill them off, and they're about to kill him, and then he takes the book and he like throws it into the fire, and it, and it sun comes up, and he's thinking like, okay, it's done, they're they're dead, the book is burnt, the end, right? So he's he's about to walk out the door, and then they show the demon uh, that you don't really see until part two. <coughs> so at that point, he's a smoke demon, I guess, or he's invisible or whatever. So he, they see him coming up out of the ground, he's 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 zooming across, he goes through the house, and then. As Bruce Campbell turns around, that's kind of where part one ends, right? Yeah. So it's not really over. So now, in part two, they show Bruce Campbell going up to the cabin yet again, but this time it's with just his girlfriend and nobody else, so everyone else has just basically been cut out. So they go up there, you know, and then he winds up, you know, she winds up being possessed and she dies or whatever, he cuts her head off and buries her and shit, and then... They yeah, do that and, uh, scene where he turns around and then he's launched into the tree and he's possessed and then he, he wakes up and he's not possessed anymore. So in, in a sense, they they cut out part one just to do part two and they, they cut out those other characters. That, that's what pissed me off kind of. Oh,
0: I see what you're saying. Yeah. So like, yeah, how is there like how the first, um, the first part of, of part two is essentially in a condensed and character shortened version of, Part one. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like a recap. I think he. Uh, I remember reading uh, somewhere that uh, that uh, yeah, it was like doing a. It was like uh, I don't know if they they were, I can't remember if it was because he didn't like the idea of using footage for flashbacks or if he, couldn't get everybody, but it, it was something. where he's just like, let's just film a new, a new you know, since it's supposed to pick up essentially where the thing left off let's just film the opening as kind of like an extended, not really a flashback, but like kind of like just, let's just retell it essentially, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, movies do have a, movies do have a, a a way of doing that where like, if it's a sequel, they'll, they'll do like a flashback of part one to, to see how they got to the sequel, I guess. Right. mm -hmm. And I mean, I certainly don't have a problem with part two. I love part two. I think it's, I think it's hilarious. In fact, there's like one funny scene in the movie, where it's um, the dumb redneck hillbilly tow truck driver, right? And it's that it's yeah. that uh, that woman that that comes looking for her parents, and she winds up taking yeah. that that dagger and stabbing him in the gut. And this like look on his face, it's like hilarious, it's priceless, you know. And and even the if you listen to the oh, commentary, Dan even they're laughing at this guy's face when he gets like stabbed and shit. So that's like, that's, like uh, my favorite part, like the the funniest part for me is would be that. <laughs> So I'm not saying part two is, is 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 shit. It's not. It's 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 a great part of the great part of the uh the the franchise, but I think they should have just not did it in that way. They should've just cut out the I mean not cut out the other characters, but kinda continued from those other characters being dead. Like we acknowledge the fact that they were there and they're they're now dead and this guy's by himself and rather than him coming up to the cabin with his girlfriend and then those characters have been completely like erased out because part one was, was a classic. I mean, there was nothing wrong with it.
0: Right. Okay. Well, take, check it out. Right. I'm doing a little reading here. Okay. It says apparently. Okay. So uh, e- evil dead 2: dead by dawn It 1987. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is American comedy horror film directed by Sam Raimi. And then it says it is a parody sequel to the 1981 horror film The Evil Dead, I never really thought about it in that context before. Did
1: I? I always, right. I always looked at it as an actual, as an actual bona fide sequel.
0: Right, but I mean, like, yeah, but it's that's like a it's like a hybrid of something. Yeah. It's a parody yeah. sequel. Like, it is a sequel, but it's a funny one. I don't even know if I mean what else like that exists except maybe like um, I guess maybe Lion King one and a half.
1: Oh, you know what? You, you know what? You know what? Comes close to that. What's that? Night of the Living Dead. Oh, the Return of the Living yeah, Dead. Yeah, the you have first Night of the Living Dead, which was yeah, obviously yeah. yeah, yeah, which was was a serious film for both George Romero and um um Dan O'Bannon. Uh, John Russo, Dan- right? Oh yeah, Dan O'Bannon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing. Dan O'Bannon came into it um for because oh, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. Return of the Living Dead was. The sequel for uh, Russo, right? And then George Romero went on to do his own dead trilogy. So basically these guys separated after Night of the Living Dead. So right. here here comes, you know, uh, John Russo and he wrote – and, and he originally wrote a serious script for Return of the Living Dead. Like it was going to be like a serious horror movie. There was nothing comical about it. And then they gave this script to O'Bannon, who reworked it because he said he didn't want to step on George Romero's toes, so he turned it into a horror comedy, right? right. And I think by doing so, that's what made the that's what made the whole movie right there. That's, that's what made it like I think better. If they had probably left it as a like serious horror movie, I don't think it would have done as great. But they didn't. So now they they have they have uh, a horror comedy, which was was phenomenal. I love that movie. I I I could watch that all day every day.
0: Evil Dead Two. Um,
1: Return of the Living Dead.
0: Return of the Living Dead. Yes.
1: Yeah. So that's what made it. Yeah, that's it was, it, I mean, that's what made it uh, a, a big hit was the fact that Obannon came along and just totally reworked the script. And oh, by the way, speaking of Dan Obannon, okay, uh-huh. and dear listeners out there. We have a uh, Canadian guest, Uh, I'm not sure when he's coming on, but we have a Canadian guest that's going to be coming on for when we tackle the Alien franchise, because O'Bannon was the original uh, script writer before Ridley Scott, and Ridley Scott took that and completely changed the whole script around, making it what it is today.
0: Really? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there's another one of those movies coming out.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's supposed to be the... uh, Well... Is it Alien 5, or is it going to be Prometheus 2?
0: (laughs) Electric Boogaloo. Um, I will look that up. Insert looking up music. So, let's see. What I've got here is it looks like the, uh, the sequel that's coming out is going to be called Alien, colon... Covenant. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I
0: think it's, you know, what? I'll have to open the new tab and see what. Oh, it's got its own page. Hee <laughs> nice. hee. nice image on the front of that, too. Oh, you should see this Wikipedia page. It's a beaut. All right. Let's see send here.
1: Me, uh, send me the link when you can.
0: OK, uh, well, let's see. You know, I might be able to do that now. Let's see here let's see I can send it to the messenger. Okay, so Alien Covenant. I've sent you the page link. Perfect. Wow, this is beautiful. Yeah, isn't it? It's really simple and elegant, but all that great it's grayscale.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I still I still say to this day and you know to to maybe dabble a little bit into the in into the uh subject. I mean, um I certainly feel that if it wasn't for the alien franchise, the Predator franchise would have died and burnt out and gone away. You know what else, you know also what else is weird? Um how you can't find
0: margarine anymore, but you can find all sorts of different types of butter substitutes made from all sorts of different types of oils and substances? Yes,
1: that too. That 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 is very oh. strange that you can't find margarine anywhere. And, but you can find olive oil butter and
0: canola oil butter and yogurt butter and sesame. Uh, for, sorry, go ahead.
1: You, well, no. What? What were you thinking of? <laughs> no. Um. If you think about how how vast the universe is, right? Mm-hmm. Here you have. Here you have the alien franchise and. You know, every once in a while, and I'm not talking like the the, the the comics or the graphic novels. I'm talking about the movies because in this particular instance, the, the movies did come first before there was any comics, any graphic novels. There was there was none of it, just the movies. So if you look at just the movies, right, the original the original play existence where the Alien universe takes place, every once in a while, you, every once in the, the, the Every once in a while, you'll have the the Predator, you know, you'll have like the alien versus the Predator and all that other shit, right? Right, right. But for the most part, you have the, the Xenomorph creature, you have human beings, and you now have uh, introduced very recently – well, not very recently, a few years ago in Prometheus, you have the engineers who – basically created us we're a product of the engineers so basically now you just cut out the predator you have basically three races and what's actually weird in this vast universe that's all you have is you have the you have the fucking engineers the humans and the xenomorphs xenomorphs and you, you like you know what i mean like isn't it like weird to you like
0: that they haven't in, what, that they haven't included the predators and in back into the alien universe yet, or well,
1: no, I mean I, they, that, they do have like the, the the predator comes in every once in a while, but like right. I'm thinking to myself like, do we live like because you know they're they're talking about like you take like aliens aliens the sequel and they're talking about oh how many oh. worlds oh. they they basically discovered or landed on and there there's no alien life or some shit like that and like. Do we live like you think in an area of like dead space, perhaps? Like there's no other existence other than what we have right now, and that's why maybe. Like you know what I'm saying? It's, I'm like, not, it's just
0: weird. I'm not sure. Um, I'm 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 still struggling with the with the the with the the question. I, I'm I'm trying to understand it. I've got most of it, but okay. Would you mind? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which part are you asking me is weird? So I this can. Is, this is this is the I'm, weird part, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. So mm-hmm. in the alien in the alien franchise, right? Yes. The films. You have xenomorphs, which are the aliens, right? Right. right. So, cut out the predator real quick. So you have the xenomorphs. You have <laughs> humans, us, right? Humans. And yeah. And you have you have the engineers, right? Basically, engineers, yes. You know, the the alien species that basically came to Earth and created us. So we're a product yes, of
0: this. Yes. Yes. Okay. I I agree. Yeah, we we're essentially we were related to them. So yes, there's engineers, there's xenomorphs, there's humans. Right.
1: So now, and, and in Alien Part Two, or aliens as it's as it's referred, they're talking about. Well, they're telling Sigourney Weaver that they they surveyed you know all these planets, and in not one planet did they ever find the xenomorph. When she was trying to say, hey, they're on this planet, and then they're gonna you know if they get here, it's we're done, we're finished, yada yada yada, right? Yeah. So then, one of the one of the executives from like you know the company that she works for, which is, uh, uh, whatever the whatever the fuck that company is called. Oh, um, yeah, it'll come to me. Utani, Utani, some shit like that. Uh,
0: oh, Wayland. Yeah. Wayland, uh, enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So, the the executive woman's like, well, we surveyed like a hundred and. 48 planets or some shit like that we've never found any alien life to to match what you say right so now what I'm thinking is if we're traveling through all these different planets and we've never found alien life except for these fucking alien creatures like I'm thinking that we probably live in a area of dead space is what I'm trying to say like like no other life exists except for this right here I mean it's weird in these movies? Yeah, yeah, because you would think, like, if they're traveling around all, to all these different planets, yeah. like, they would find something other than the Xenomorph creature. Like, they'd find something else, but they didn't. They just basically found that bug.
0: I see what them. you're saying. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like, it's almost as if the Xenomorph is the... As well, that it's literally only the Xenomorph... And the engineers in the universe, and we came much later. Like it's always been the Xenomorph and the engineers, Correct. and then we'll, and then whatever whatever life forms, i.e., humans, that happen to cross the path of the Xenomorph, or even a dog or a cow. If you if you look at the action figures, or a bull rather, because it, it. But yeah, the idea that there's not other alien species in the universe aside from the engineers, mm-hmm. and- or or the xenomorphs there's you know if you're if you're not including the predators yeah then it's
1: mm-hmm. and you know what's funny yeah. about this whole thing
0: well i guess no i mean but there is the doberman so that's the doberman supports the thing and it supports your theory is that because it would just the one that you know there's we've seen it gestate inside humans we've seen it gestate inside a dog and we've seen it in the films at least yes. it, yeah, the, that don't include the predator we've seen other films and we've seen it gestate inside a an engineer and when it gestates inside each one, it gives a unique re- response and type of new xenomorph. Correct. Which I don't think itself goes on to procreate. I think it's the the queen that, uh, and then it sort of spreads or attaches or copies the the structure of whatever it uh, happens to manage to impregnate. I guess. Yes. Okay.
1: But so what's funny what, about what's the whole thing is, is I mean, aside yeah, yeah. from that being weird, right?
0: It's mm-hmm, that in part mm-hmm.
1: two, Alien part two, you know, Sigourney Weaver's like, oh, if that thing comes to Earth, we're done. You know, you can hiss all your shit goodbye. And she spent, like, you know, part part two and part three trying to make sure that that never happens. Like, they'll never come to Earth, right? Well, when they did I mean, the, yeah. when they did Alien versus Predator back in 2000, you know, the, there was a queen alien on, on Earth, you know, from, like, the old days, you know. That was put there by the predator as a way to to hunt, basically. Like she would, uh,
0: she uh, would like, oh, yeah.
1: more you know, the uh, of the xenomorph creatures, and they would hunt it, basically. You know, it's been a long time since
0: I've seen either of the AVP movies, and I still haven't seen Predators, so I'm missing kind of a. There's a sort of a gap in the narrative for me. Seen,
1: you've never seen Predators.
0: I've never seen the third. Yeah, the third oh, movie, oh, Predators. Third, I've seen Predator. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, man, nah, yeah. I've.
0: I've seen Predator and I've seen Predator Two, but I've never seen Predators.
1: You might like it. I mean, if you're if you're um, like a fan of the uh, franchise, like you you might enjoy it. I mean, I certainly did. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is actually.
0: That's what I hear. I hear good things about it. I listen to the podcast "How Did This Get Made?" where they talk about films, and uh, somebody said something about oh, when they were doing the uh, Fast and Furious Six they mentioned Predators uh was either that or fast five on one of the discussions. Cause it was with the same person. They have Adam Scott on each time that they do one of the furious movies or the fast furious movies. I, what, I don't know what to call them. Really. I guess you could say the fast furious movies,
1: which by the way, I they, don't know if you're a fan of them, but I think that franchise needs oh, yeah. to go away.
0: Oh really? Yeah.
1: I mean, like, <laughs> the first one, you know? <laughs> yeah. The first one and even the second one, part one and part two, was okay. But then they did like, it was just too many. It was just it just became stupid after a while. You know, take like for example, not to get too much on a tangent, but take like, you know, we talk about franchises and there's certain movies that can break or make a franchise, right? Um, okay. Same thing with like for example, I mean, if you do too many, it just it they they become suckish after a while. Kind of like when they did the. Uh, the uh, Child's Play franchise, the the one where you know the Bride of Chucky <laughs> and the Seed of Chucky, it just it just murdered that franchise.
0: See, I see, I've only seen the first two, but I only remember the first one of those. But I know what you're talking about because I saw, I've seen at least uh, six of the Leprechaun movies this year, <clears throat> because I think there's seven. But I've seen all the ones with Warwick Davis, and um, you know, first one was pretty decent. It was one of those ones that's funny too, like Highway Hell. We were talking about, you know, it's not a hundred percent serious horror film. That makes it kind of fun. The second one is actually pretty, pretty uh, in- innovative. The way they, uh, I mean, because what the hell is the next story going to be? So what they ended up doing is like, okay, yeah, it was fun. And then like, <clears throat> part three was uh, okay. Part 4 was in space. That made it interesting. There was funny stuff in there. There's also Doom sound effects all over it, which was kind of funny. And uh, it actually makes up for itself kind of at the end. Have you seen all these movies, by oh, the way?
1: absolutely. I've seen every leprechaun <laughs> movie there is. But what I'm trying to figure so out we, is like – Yeah. Is like – Yeah. Why Sorry. do certain horror movie franchises and, mm. and Friday the 13th being one, right? Mm-hmm. What the hell – do these guys think about wanting to put their creature into outer space? Like at least, Oh, like, Oh yeah. At least like in Friday the 13th, you know, part X, they, they explained how Jason got into space because basically they Mm. they froze them. You know, the earth kind of like went shit and we moved to another planet and we were coming back to scavenge and we just happened to find Jason Voorhees. Okay. So we take him into outer space, whatever. But right. Leprechaun in space—they—they've never explained how the fuck a little mythical creature from Earth got to space to begin with. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um.
0: Yeah, I think there was. Um, I don't. You know, I don't remember. How he got to space right now, so I can neither confirm nor de- deny. I can only, I can, I'd have to agree with you and say, yeah, because I, I, I mean, I don't remember. I, I, no, I,
1: mean, I, I, I remember just perfectly, and he winds up on a mar- it's, on a marine spaceship or something like that. Oh and shit! They never. Yes.
0: No, I know how he got to space. I know how he got oh, to geez? space. Oh. So the marines go are sent in to like take him out. Mm-hmm the space space marines, right? And then like they blow him to smithereens, and then I think his remains get hauled back up into the spaceship, and they re- re- recomposes himself something like that. But the, he ends up ends up going back with them onto their ship into space, or onto their whatever the, it's called. Right. Um, I, uh, I'm just gonna have to look. <laughs> Okay, check this out. On a, on a remote planet, the Leprechaun attempts to court a princess named Zarina in a nefarious plot to become king of her home planet. The two agree to marry, with each partner planning to kill the other after the wedding night in order to enjoy the marriage benefits. Yes. He's on a remote planet already. He's not. In, I see what you're saying. So he starts off. He's on a remote planet. Right,
1: so they, they never said how he got from Earth to this remote planet. That's the part. Okay, yes. so it's not how he got off the
0: ship. It's how he started off on a remote planet to begin Correct. with. I understand. Well, you know, let's. Well, where did he end? Where did he end up after the third one? I mean, was he? Well, let's well, see the here. Third one, well, he
1: was in Las Vegas.
0: That's right. With the with the friggin' magicians mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh
1: my god, that was hilarious. No, actually. that was actually, I mean, That had he, some. He literally went from. He went from that little town in part one. He went to mm-hmm. California, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess, or whatever in part two. Okay, I get that part. And then he goes from he goes from there to. The only thing I can think of is it's it's the only thing I can I can think of is because he went from California to to Las Vegas from Las Vegas to space from space to the hood right two times two or three times so the only thing I'm thinking of is it you know it might be played by the same actor but it might be different leprechauns it might not be the same creature per se Possibly, so
0: it might not be the same leprechaun? Correct.
1: Like, I, I thought about this. I mean, it, it's the same actor, obviously, over and over again. But it, it may not be – well, it might be with, when it comes to, like, you know, the, the tales from the hood or whatever. He's in the hood or whatever. So it might be him, like – it might be the same leprechaun in, in those two films. But maybe it's, it's different leprechauns throughout the entire franchise. Like, not the same guy. Or it could be.
0: Okay. Well, this is the thing: is I can't make out how he dies at the end of the third one from Wikipedia because the way it's written here, is, is um, problematic.
1: I forget how he dies in the end of part three.
0: Yeah. yeah okay. So, you know what? Uh, let's not get into that. Because it's, yeah. cause it's, cause it's it's spoilers and stuff. And some people maybe people want to see these movies, and I'm just giving. away. It's just the the description is um. Puzzling. Okay, so, okay we will, so we
1: will not give away the endings to these movies, but since we choose not to give away these endings, it is your job, the audience, to get your ass out there and watch these films and get back to us.
0: Yeah, the Leprechaun film. So yeah, give, give them a try, people. Well, that about does it for the anti-social show. I'm Tyson Saner. And I'm Hunter Block. Be decent to each other. Have a good time, folks.